0: Well, guys, we just have a great treat this morning. Uh, Michael Shedd, he's a missionary to Guatemala. Um, I had the privilege of working uh, with Michael while he was on staff here for a number of years and just always been a great blessing. They've been on the mission field. This is their seventh year and their family just keeps growing. Uh, Michael and his wife, Chrissy, currently have four children, but he told me there's another one on the way and... uh, Mike's got just a great word to share with us this morning. Would you please welcome him as he comes to share God's word with us this morning?
1: Tom, hey, it's great to be back with you guys here. And this morning I had the privilege last year of being here and sharing um, with some of you who are here. And um, I want to give you just um, a quick video to look at and just see a little bit about what life is like in Guatemala. And then I want to share some things with you. So take a look up at the screen.
0: Since 2011, God has been growing us here in the mountains of Guatemala. Chrissy and I came here as the two of us. Now, we've grown into a family of our own, ministering together. A handful of neighborhood kids coming to play on our swings has grown into a weekly Bible study. All those little feet have worn our yard down to dirt, but they carry these young hearts through the dust and within reach of the gospel. The ministry we serve with has grown too, and we've plugged into discipleship training, developing leaders, teaching in the Bible school, and leading our into the rural villages. God has been teaching us to go deeper in relationship with Him and others, and that's changing the way we do things. We're growing in relationship with people, and with a God who loves the 16 million people here in Guatemala and beyond these borders. Some of the interns we've trained have gone outside of Guatemala on mission trips of their own and others are preparing for their next step that God has for them. Others come to us to learn, get help, or ask for prayer, and we see God opening opportunities to share His love. With the support and prayers of people like you, we continue growing more relationships by praying with people, outreaches, and caring for the physical and spiritual needs of others as we respond to those around us and partner with them to put God's word into action. By touching physical needs, we gain the opportunity to touch spiritual needs too. We are focusing more on discipling people and caring for people like Christ does to change hearts and lives for eternity. Yes, we're growing here in Guatemala, and we're glad we get to be part of God's great commission to go into all the world and make disciples. That's why we're here, to make disciples who disciple others and develop this generation to follow everything Christ called us to be.
1: There we go. Um, that gives you just a little overview of what we're doing in Guatemala. Um, my wife and I, Chrissy, uh, we've been there for six and a half years, as Pastor Tom said, and we were um, sent out of this church, and so we appreciate that Res Life is part of what we're doing here. If everybody, just look, at, hold up your arm, hold up your arm there, and just look at your arm. You guys, as part of the body of Christ here, have really long arms, because you're reaching down to Guatemala to help change lives and hearts um, with the people in Guatemala, so thank you for being part of what we're doing in Guatemala. Um, well, something that's been really interesting is seeing as we've been there for six and a half years, start seeing the relationships and seeing the fruit of some of the things that we've been doing there and seeing how God is touching lives and opening doors for the ministry that we're doing there. One, one example I want to share with you guys is we, um, in our town that we're at there, it's called Chichicastenango, and in this town there's a, there's a high school. And down there, a high school is a little bit more like a Votex school. So you have students who come from all over the region and they study at the school, and they're coming at the age of 14, 15, and 16, and they're leaving their homes and moving to this town. So they might go home on the weekends, but they live in our town. They live in homes, and they rent a room, or they live in the dorms, so they're away from their families. And we became aware of the situation of how, hey, there's a lot of young people who are leaving their homes, and this is a real critical time in their lives. Because they're going to be making decisions about um, the relationships that they have around them, their friends, their future, these different things that are going on in their lives. And so we became aware of this, and it was just one of those things where it's was like, God, what do we do with this? How do we respond to this need? And there in the community where we're at, there's this high school. And many of the schools we found are open to, to the gospel. Um, even the public schools, we can go in and share the gospel with them. But this particular school is very close to that. And so uh, my wife and I, we just were thinking and praying about, God, how do we reach out to this, um, this, these students? Because these students will come to our community, and if they connect with Christ, they'll go back to their villages and share Christ with places that we'll never get to go. So we were looking at, um, what can we do for this? And, and we just were thinking and praying about it, and over time, we saw God open a door for us. And this is what happened. Actually, um, we opened the door because there was a knock on our door. And these five young ladies, they came to our house and they said, hey, um, we wondered, could we spend some time with you guys? Because we're required by our school to do 100 hours of community service. And we wondered, could we do that with you guys? And so we said, absolutely, come on in. So they started coming on Saturdays. They spend time with us. And um, they spend about, uh, I think it's about five months that they spend with us. And they help us cut out stuff for our neighborhood Bible study they were doing. You saw the kids up on the video. They help us do these different activities, and these are girls who don't know the Lord. And it's been really interesting because we've had opportunities to say, hey, here, here's a, a craft you're going to cut out. This is David and Goliath, and, and you're going to make this craft for the kids. And then we'll say, wait, wait a second, do you guys know the story of David and Goliath? And they're like, no, I haven't, I haven't heard that one. So we share the story with them, and we get to see um, how they can apply that in their life and see how they're able to, to learn and grow in that. And it was really neat because as this happened, they knocked on our door and came to us, they ended up inviting me to go and speak at their school. The school that's closed to the gospel, I got to go and speak at the school to about 100 students and share Christ with them. So it's really neat to see how God is opening these opportunities, and that's just one example. But something that I I realized is that in this process of of seeing the fruit start to grow in the ministry that we're doing there, I learned some principles that I want to share with you guys today. And so... um, Hopefully you kind of, kind of got an idea of what we're doing in Guatemala. We are part of a Bible school, training people in the Word of God. These, um, the young people in Guatemala, there's 56% of the population in Guatemala, 16 million people. 56% of them are aged 24 years and younger. So there's a very large youth population in Guatemala. And we're trying to help that generation learn and grow in relationship with Christ because that's going to change the world. Because we know that the future of the world is the next generation. Yeah. But you know what? as the generation that's, that's above that, that's older than that, we have a responsibility to train our children, to pour into the lives of others and help them grow into a relationship with Christ so that they will affect that new generation. And I want to share with you guys some principles that I learned um, down there. and They're just they're principles from God's Word. You guys have probably heard this before, but I want to remind you about this because it will help you impact your world. In Guatemala, we see the fruit of, of a lot of different seeds that have been sown. Guatemala, in 1996, they finished the peace accords that ended, formally ended, a 36-year civil war. That would mean that, that all of us here would have grown up in an embattled state of a country if we were living in Guatemala. That there are so many stories that I've heard of people who talk about their uncle or their brother or their, their dad who was killed during those years or just disappeared and they don't know what happened. Women who've told stories about hearing the sound of a body falling down an empty well and hitting the bottom as soldiers were in their yard and they were hiding and that was their dad dying in that well. That is the reality of the lives of a lot of people in Guatemala is that they have so much hurt that's happened. That was what was seeded into that country for 36 years. What I've seen is that There is a a lifestyle of corruption and dishonesty, and me, I need to survive, and so I'm just out for myself. And we see that a lot in Guatemala, but we're starting to see a new seed that's being sown. There's young people who are saying, I want to learn God's word because I believe there's truth there, and I want to apply it in my life. I want to share with you guys that in our own lives, as we look around us, we can see fruit in our lives. I want to introduce you to a guy. His name is Manuel. We're going to put his picture up here on the screen. This is Manuel. And he comes, he lives down the road from us, but he comes and he works a field right in front of our house. He's a farmer. And so he plants corn in the field right across from our house. And now the corn's not like the corn here. This corn takes almost all year to grow and it grows um, two stories tall. It's amazing. I look out, we have a second story apartment where we live and we can look out and look at the top of the, um, the plants and it's, it's at eye level. This is huge corn. He grows these, he plants these seeds, you can see them there in his hands. I went over one time and I've gotten to know him as he's working this field and talking with him. And to me it's interesting to see that what he plants is what he's wanting to get. Look, look at these seeds. What does he have there? Can anybody identify those? He's got kernels of corn and beans. He plants kernels of corn and bean because he wants a crop of beans and corn. You know, sometimes in our lives, we're planting seeds that we don't really want to harvest. But he's planting seeds that he wants to harvest because he knows that if he plants the right seeds, he's going to get the right harvest. Now, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have to do anything once he plants those, but it's a process. And I want to talk about that process. He prepares the field. In January they harvest their crops, and then they start preparing the fields for the time they're going to plant in May. Because in Guatemala we have two seasons: dust and mud, rainy season and dry season. In May, at the beginning, at late May, we start having the rainy season start. Right now it's rainy season in Guatemala, so it rains almost um, on a daily basis. And that's the time that the harvest is able to grow, the, the plants are able to grow tremendously. And then come October, it starts being dry season. And that's the time for the corn to dry and be able to um, be pr- um, prepared for the harvest that happens in des- late December and in January. So he plants the corn and he cultivates the ground. He prepares the ground and he goes through this process. Well, I want to share with you guys a verse that helps us apply some of these, these concepts of of seed time and harvest. So if we look at Galatians 6 and 7, 6, 7, through 10, it says this, "'Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have the opportunity,' Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Like I said, in Guatemala, we see a lot of corruption. We see a lot of um, uh, things that happen in the government where there's corruption in the government. The president, the current president, is under investigation right now. The former president is in jail. The former vice president is in jail on corruption charges. So we see a lot of issues there. And just a few years ago, there was a huge protest that was happening in the capital city. And there were 70,000 people who were there protesting the corruption in the government. And I was telling somebody, what's the problem with Guatemala? The problem with Guatemala is me. It's you. Because if in Guatemala, those 70,000 people would say, I'm going to go home and I'm not going to participate in corruption. I'm not going to lie to somebody and tell them I'm not home. Have my kid go out and say I'm not home when I really am. I'm going to return the change at the bank because they gave me too much. I'm going to pay my taxes in the correct amount. If the people who were protesting in the streets would go home and apply integrity in God's word in their life, it would transform Guatemala. Because you know what? We see a lot of needs in Guatemala. We see that there are families who don't have any electricity. They need, they need electricity. There are men who don't have jobs. There are families that are broken that need whole families. They're, they need Relationship. There are kids who don't have education. There's a young lady we know that she only has a second grade education. She's working, cleaning houses, and doing um, what she can to make a living. For many um, years, she just wove these little hats so she could make 25 cents per hat so that she could buy some dentures because she'd lost her front teeth because her parents didn't have enough food to feed her properly when she was a baby. We see a lot of needs, but you know what? More than anything, Guatemala needs one thing, and that's Jesus. Amen. You know what? Grand Rapids in Michigan, more than anything, needs one thing, that's right. and that's Jesus. Yes. Our families, more than anything, need Jesus. We need to provide for our families. We need to care for them, but more than anything, we need to bring Christ into our homes. Right. Because that will transform our future, and he will bring a good harvest in our lives. I encourage you guys that we need to look at the seeds that we're sowing, and we need to look at the harvest that we're starting to reap in our lives. Down in Guatemala, I look out the window of our house, and there's a field there, and there's some cattle that roam this field, and there's an orange tree in that that field. And it's interesting, I didn't know that cattle like to eat oranges, but there's a cow in that field that goes over to that orange tree and I've seen him rip uh, orange off that tree and munch on it and it's really pretty funny to see but I didn't know that they liked that. But looking at this tree, I know it's an orange tree because it has oranges. Because of the fruit of that tree, I can tell what type of tree it is. In our, in our yard, we have an avocado tree and we have a lime tree. We have our own little guacamole yard. But I know what those trees are because I can look at the fruit and tell you what type of tree those are. In our own lives, we can look at the fruit that we're getting in our lives and tell what type of seeds we've been planting. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to look at our lives and we're going to say, I don't like the fruit that I'm getting. I don't like the harvest that I'm starting to, to receive. But you know what? God's word has an answer for that. God's word has an answer when we say, I want this fruit. I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I want joy. I want peace where there's turmoil. I want patience where I'm finding myself just rushing through everything and not getting to enjoy the moment, enjoy my kids, my grandkids, or getting to pour into the lives of others. There's a solution to that, and I want to talk about it. There are four steps that that I think will will help us as we're looking, looking at this, and one one, these are things that I've, I've kind of picked up as, as I'm growing in. You know what? I don't know how to do all this, but I'm learning. I'm a dad. I got four kids. I got another one on the way, and I want to get it right. I want to make sure that I'm not just working in the ministry and serving God through, through being a missionary, but not instilling a love for God and his word in my children. I want to get this right because I know it's important, because I know that right now I'm in the rainy season. I'm in the time when my kids are absorbing things. They're open to that. When my, in my own heart, I'm at a point that I can, can really grow and, and develop and, and be planting these seeds that I can get a harvest on. But I know a day's coming that I'm gonna receive the harvest of those things. And I wanna be planting the right seeds. So these are four steps that I just wanna share with you guys that hopefully will help you as you're going throughout your week the first one is awareness. Are we aware of the harvest? Are we aware of the seeds that we're sowing? Are we paying attention to what we're pouring into our lives? Are we, are we scattering seeds that are producing the harvest we want? Down in Guatemala, we, we see a lot of m- microbuses. They're the public transportation buses. And I've shared with some people down there, it's like, if you get on a bus... And you want to go from here to Kalamazoo. But you find yourself in Comstock Park. You were on the wrong bus. So what do you do? Well, you need to get off the bus. You need to have an awareness of, hey, I'm heading in the wrong direction. I need to get off this bus. And I need to get on the right one. Being aware of the, the seeds that you're sowing and the fruit that it's going to produce is really important. I to say it this way, if we, if we look at what's going to happen, if we keep doing what we're doing, if we continue in the habits that we're, we're forming now for the next 10 years, what is my life going to look like 10 years from now? My son is learning piano. He's six years old, and he's, he's starting to, to practice piano, and we have a teacher down there, and, and I've gone down and, and helped him with his, his um, piano practice, and we had a song that he was practicing in, and we found out that he had practiced it. He was doing a good job with it, but we actually had reversed the hand positions, and he was playing the right-hand part with the left hand and the left-hand part with the right hand. And he was doing a good job, but the thing is, it was backwards. And we discovered that it was really, really difficult to get him to switch that back correctly. Do you know why? It's because he had practiced it. He'd been practicing it one way for a while and his finger muscles and his mind had gotten into the format of forming a habit because he was practicing that way. He was sowing the seeds of practice. And those can be really good, but when we practice wrong, if we're not aware of what we're sowing, it's hard to change that. So the sooner we are aware of something, the sooner we can change it. Changing it? called repentance. It's what Paul did when he was passionately trying to serve God by persecuting Christians. And then he had an encounter with Christ. And he changed his direction. And he started helping change the world by bringing Christ's example and the word of God to the Gentiles and across the known world. We have an opportunity, gentlemen, where we can observe and see the fruit that is coming. We can weed out those things and we realize hey, this is not going to produce the fruit that I want in my life, and I'm going to make sure that I'm planting the right seeds. We need to look at those things and check the habits that we have, the things that we're practicing. What, are, what is our diet? Physically, but spiritually. What are we feeding on? Because that's going uh, to produce a harvest in our life. The Bible says that what we sow is what we'll reap. So we really need to be aware of what we're sowing into our lives. Um, an awareness, last year I shared a story about a man that he had broken his femur and I went to his house, and he was um, not wanting to go to the hospital because he thought that the, the doctor would cut his leg off. And I explained how he had bad information. Somebody had told him, if you go to the hospital, they will cut your leg off. And he was terrified of it because he had bad information. My wife and I were, were able to go there and talk to Pedro about his leg and say, hey, look, let's, let's just go and get good information. Let's go and get an x-ray. So we helped him do that. We went, we got him an x-ray, and then... The doctor talked to him, and finally he decided that he didn't want to spend the rest of his life with a completely broken femur laying on a mat in his house. He wanted to get surgery. And it was really neat because just a few days before we left Guatemala, I got to see him, and he's up walking around. He doesn't even have to use a cane anymore. He's gone through physical therapy. And and because he got good information, he got an awareness of the fruit of what was going to happen. If he didn't follow the good information he had, he made a good decision. Well, gentlemen, we have to look at God's word, apply it in our lives, and make good decisions. In Matthew 7, Jesus talked about two men. There are two types of men. There are those who hear God's word and say, hey, that's interesting, and they walk on. And there are men who say, I heard God's word, and I want to apply that in my life, and I'm going to put it into practice. One of them is like the man who built his house on the sand. And when the storms came, it was destroyed. The other is like a man who builds his house on the rock. And when the storms come, his house stands firm. Both of those men would have looked pretty similar before the storm. Both of those men built houses. And they probably looked nice. Both of those men heard the word. But only one of them applied it in his life. And when the storms came, only one of them had a house still standing. You guys have seen the images of Houston, and you've seen houses that were destroyed in this flood. What type of house are you building? What type of future harvest are you going to receive? Repentance is when we go the other way, when we change our mind. I like how Pastor Duane says, he said, it's a mind change. It's, it's turning around, it's, a three, um, it's, a, it's a, doing a 180 and going the other direction. When we realize that, hey, I know that I need to change something, we need to do it. We need to put that into practice. And then once we start doing that, once we say, hey, I need to change this, you know what? We can't do that on our own. We'll mess it up. Unless... We stay connected to God's word. So there's an awareness and there's repentance. And the third point is that we stay connected to the vine. We need to connect to Christ. These, these plants, this um, lime tree in our yard, it has, is producing lots of limes right now. And it has these beautiful smelling um, blossoms and then out come these limes, and they start growing. and And my kids climb up in this tree, and the, the kids enjoy eating these limes. And, and those limes would never produce juicy that lime tree would never produce juicy, wonderful limes if those branches were not connected to the trunk. You know what you guys are doing here? You're coming in. You're being connected. Now, there's times we need to do that at home. We need to do that on a daily basis of connecting to God's word and saying, "How can I apply this in my life?" We need to do that in community, like in, in this group and other groups you may be involved in and, and with the church. We need to be connected to Christ and to his body. And when we do that, we will start seeing that we're rubbing off on each other. We're able to ref- help refine each other. We're able to encourage each other. We're able to grow in the things that God is calling us to do. And there will be times that, that God will say, hey, look, you need to prune this out of your life. This is something that maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe it's something that we wouldn't consider a negative thing, but it's not God's best. And that will help us to be able to grow stronger and more fruitful in other areas of our life. I've had to go out and trim and prune that lime tree because it was growing so um, so much that it it was covering itself and not allowing itself to get the sunlight that it needed to be able to grow well. The Bible says this, it says, My goal in being there and serving among the people of Guatemala, serving among the Quiche Mayans, is that they would not be a disciple of Michael, but they would be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And like Paul said, I want them to follow my example in following Christ, but I don't want them to follow me. I want them to follow Christ. I want my children to learn to love and serve and follow God with their whole hearts. Sometimes I, I look at my children and I see that my son may be having a, a bad attitude or, or my daughter may be throwing a fit or these things, and I, I'm getting onto them. I'm, I'm trying to disciple them and, and um, discipline them and correct them, and I hear God's voice in my heart saying, Michael, that attitude is in you. And I'm like, you're right, Lord. Help me to change. Because I think in that moment... My child may be following my example. And I realize with that awareness, I need to change because I want to produce a different harvest in myself and in my children. And when I apply God's word in my life, I see a difference, I see a change happening. And the last thing I want to share with you guys is don't stop, keep going. Both those men in that story of the two houses, both of them faced a storm. Both of them faced a tremendous challenge in their life. But only one of them had a house that survived. Don't stop because it's tough. Don't stop because there are challenges that you face. As we're ministering in Guatemala, we have different challenges we face. We have difficulties that happen, discouragements. We have times that, you know what, we need your prayers. We have times, just this past week, I got a, a message in the middle of the night that someone was trying to break into our house. We have a, a guy who's staying there for us and he had to go out and chase these guys off. We have challenges that are happening with the kids who come to our Bible study and people who come to our house, we've had people steal from us, we've had um, different uh, things happening where um, kids are coming and, and they're, they're not listening and there are they're, um, different things that are going on and, and people who are not wanting to hear God's word and yet we're trying to share that with them. But you know what? We're not going to give up. We're going to keep doing it because I know that as we plant the right seeds, eventually we're going to get a great harvest. In Galatians 6 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart, guys. Don't stop. Keep going because there's something great that is about to be produced. The fruit of the Spirit is something that transforms our lives. And the cool thing is that it ends up being something that we can share with others. I have a question I want to leave with you guys. Talking about the seeds that we scatter in our lives and the harvest that we're going to produce. What seeds are you scattering in your life? in your family, in your business, your community, in your church, and in your world. I ask you to think about that this morning. What are those seeds and what are they going to produce? If you don't like what that looks like in 10 years, change it now right. because now is the time that we have to do that. Look at your life, plant more of what you like, and pull the weeds of what you don't And keep connected to Christ because he will transform your today and your tomorrow. If you guys would join me in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning and to to rub shoulders with, with men of God who love you and who are growing in you. Lord, I pray that you help each of us to look at our lives To evaluate and to hear your voice saying what we need to change and the things we need to keep doing. Help us to scatter good seeds so that one day we